0: This episode is brought to you by Objective Outcomes. If you're tired of fad diets, yo-yo dieting, and quick fixes that don't last, you should start a sustainable behavior-based personal training that is primed for lifelong changes to promote a healthier lifestyle. You can find us at ObjectiveOutcomesABA.com. Also, if you are seeking remote supervision and interested in the application of ABA in health, sports, and fitness, we offer supervision for unrestricted hours, monthly group supervision where you can meet others on the same track as you. You can find more at ObjectiveOutcomesABA.com.
1: This is an ABA podcast with two BAs and no no BS. BS. This is
0: two BAs on a pod. Welcome back to another episode. Episode 19. Can you believe it? Is
1: it? Oh my god, it is. Mm -hmm. I feel like it goes by so fast.
0: It does. It really does. And it's so crazy because I was just thinking how nervous we were the first episode that we did. And like... Today, I just literally got out of, of a meeting like two minutes ago, and I have a meeting like right after this, and I'm so I'm like smashing it in between my day, like no big deal. <laughs> like before, it was like I had to like cancel my whole day just to record an episode because I'm just like the nerves. Like we don't even have yeah. an outline right
1: now. We're just so whatever about it (laughs) i know but like from our our end where we can see the data like the episodes that we do it like this do the best so it's like maybe i don't know maybe it seems more natural or whatever like to you guys exactly i like it it's more conversational style and i like
0: listening to podcasts that are more conversational and natural so i understand why it would be like higher rated
1: right yeah me too We should introduce the topic maybe after because I feel like it's very interesting. (laughs) Spicy. So we're going to do the EO. Yeah, we're going to do the (laughs) EO-AO. I'm going to go first this time because Alex's kind of goes into like the controversial statement we want to talk about. So um, my EO for the week is that I am going tomorrow to sign a con like my contract with my old school because I decided to go back. And that decision is, like, an EO in itself because I just feel, like, really happy about it. Um, I feel like I struggled a lot with leaving. Like, I didn't want to. It was really just, like, financial. But, like, I I basically did the math. And if when you're a teacher, you can choose to get paid on a nine-month salary or a 12-month. So if I choose the nine-month, like, I'm not making that much less than I would as a BCBA on a 12-month salary with taxes. Like, it's literally like a few hundred dollars. And I have so many opportunities at this school to do tutoring or get private clients. Like, the head of the school is super open about, like, not just me doing that, but she's like, I will tell parents about you. Like, I don't care. They have an SLP there. They have an OT there that they like contracted specifically for the school. So I feel like there's just so many opportunities that I could like make that money back so much, like so easily, but probably even more than I would because of taxes. Right. And I want to probably work remote, in the afternoons as well. Just once I pass the exam, like, cause now I'm just like, let me just pass. But, um, I think it's like such an EO for me because I struggle with like financial um, stress yeah. and I don't feel that at all anymore. And now like I did move my test date only because, um,
0: Oh, you did. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, I did, but only because it was the 12th, but that was like my last week with my morning client. And then the next two weeks after that, I have to do like really small things at the school, but it's like I'm only there till 12 o'clock in the afternoon. So I was like, if I could just have two weeks of like a super chill schedule before I take it, I moved it to the 26th. But I don't feel anxious about it at all. Like I and I feel like it's because there was so much pressure on me that if I didn't pass it, I was going to like be broke
0: (laughs) right so just
1: this decision like to go back is such an eo for me with like work with studying with getting like prepared to take the test like mentally and also like with knowledge so i'm just like so excited to go i know i'm not going to make as much as i would but then there's also like issues with credentialing like i don't know why but someone at my company did just pass the exam Last mm-hmm. two well two weeks ago now, and she told me that one of her friends that works for the comp- our company too, passed her exam in December and she's still not fully credentialed. Then I'm like, that's seven mm-hmm. months. That's crazy. Yeah, it does. I take can't that long wait sometimes. that long.
0: But it, it, is she is she working as a like a supervisor or what is she? she
1: she's doing, doing half and half. Okay. So she has like I don't know how many cases, but she's basically part-time as a bcba and then part-time as an rbt so Mm. half her and um she didn't tell me like specifics of this girl's schedule but she said that the majority of her time is working as an rbt and Mm. i'm just like i can't do that like i don't i don't come from like like i have to start paying my student loans back i like have expenses like i do still live with my dad and i'm like i've been open about that i know that's like a privilege i have but like that doesn't mean that i don't have any expenses at all like right that to me is crazy like seven months like no so i can leave and then i can work for a company that will hire me remote and wait till i'm credentialed and make money so are you leaving
0: your agency
1: i think i'm going to have to
0: yeah Oh wow It's so crazy We have like The whole like Lifespan of your school And your agency And your BCBA know. exam Right here On your This very podcast
1: <laughs> I know I'm sorry guys It's a lot It's I feel like it's there People lot. are probably like Get this bitch To pass this test So she stops talking About this shit But if you're like About to take your test Or you're getting hours Like I feel like You'll understand Even if you've already Passed it Like I yeah, feel like Yeah it's pivotal It's like this. a pivotal
0: moment In your life Yeah In your career and your future Right Because let's say You did pass the first first time um, maybe your whole like future would be differently carved so
1: no for sure and there was just so many times like that I got that job out of nowhere like I don't even remember applying to the school I remember they called me one day and I was like for weeks I had been stressing about money because I was running Mm -hmm. through my savings as an RBT and I was like talking to uh, my boyfriend about it and I was like I'm gonna graduate with my master's this year and I'm gonna have nothing like I'm I right. like I'm almost 25 at this time. Uh or I was 25 already and I was like I like I have a degree already. Like I could be a teacher. Right. Like and then I whatever. So fast forward, they call me. They're like it's literally like 3 weeks before the school year is going to start and they're like you applied to us on Indeed and like we really want to like, interview what? you. Like and I was like <laughs> okay yeah I'm so excited I like pretended I knew what the fuck they were talking about I like got off and like googled the school because I didn't even remember like applying to this place I was like oh my god so then they hire me and there was just so many moments that I worked there last year where I just had this feeling of like I am supposed to be here like this is just a place that I'm meant to be like I don't know why but there would just be little signs that would show me like I'm supposed to be in this place like I I don't right. know. So that's why leaving was so hard too, because it was like fuck, like I don't want to leave. I have to. But now it's like I want to go back and I like have to go back. So it, like it's right. like again, I just see like my life like pushing me to go there. To and like yeah, right. So that's my EO. Um, my AO, I would say, is that um my boyfriend left. He's in Thailand oh, now. And we've been apart like before so many times. So I don't know like why it like hit me. It didn't hit me until I dropped him off at the airport. I actually didn't feel sad at all. Like I was like the night before I remember he fell asleep and I was laying there and I was like, I'm not going to cry tomorrow and I'm going to look like a bitch. Like I just felt (laughs) like because I just felt so like content, so excited for him, so happy. But as soon as like we both got out of the car, I was a mess. And he felt so bad. So, like, I don't know. I just feel like this – I don't know how to describe it, but I just feel like part of me is just, like, not here. And it makes me not – like, it brings my motivation down to, like, get things done during the day. I just want to do things to distract myself because I just don't feel, like, whole. Which I feel like is corny or, like, people might be like, oh, she's so codependent. But, like, I could literally go into a whole episode about, like – what he means to me i met him at like one of the lowest (laughs) it's but it's so true like i like he like brought me back to life just by loving me and i never thought i would meet somebody that loves me the way he loves me like i've never like it's like yes does he piss me the fuck off 110 percent. is he annoying (laughs) yes do we argue of course but like i just There's just so many things that I'm, like, this is the person that, like, I am just, like, meant to be with. Um, And, like, he's the only person in my life that I can fully, like, depend on in a way that, like, he just makes my life easier. And I've never had Mm -hmm. that. I've never had someone who truly makes me feel, like, protected and taken care of other than him. So I kind of just feel like, oh, my God, I don't have my person to, like, like, no one's taking care of me right now. (laughs) Which is, like, so childish. Like, what the fuck? But. So it's just making me, like, not want to really do things. Like, I just feel like I kind of just want to, like, today I texted my sister, like, let's go to Target. I did not need to go. Right. But I want I needed to, like, just get – I could have done get a million out. other things in that time. So I feel like it's an AO for, like, productive things yeah. that I'm not doing. <laughs> but it's okay. Aww. I feel like it'll be okay. But, yeah. And Sorry Ashley
0: was corny. <laughs> Ashley was freaking out because she didn't hear from him for how long it was, like –
1: it he was wasn't even was that to land You're like
0: <laughs> he's supposed to be land. He's supposed to land hour or two hours ago, and he hasn't texted me because he had I already no talked sort of to his family. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I did. But like they were no help because they couldn't. I was about to start like DMing the gym. The- one of the gym's fighters is here. He had been training with him like one on one for a couple weeks before he left. I was like, I'm going to call him like I don't because the thing right. is any other time he's traveled because he's been out of the country like again, like we've been apart a lot. He was in the military, but he always traveled with the military. So like I'm not trying to be like morbid, but like worst case scenario, like I would get a Red Cross notification. Like I will know, like somebody is either knocking on my door or knocking on his mom's door and telling me. So it's like this. I was like, I don't know how to like who to call. Like there's nobody to call. So it just felt so weird. I was like, it's only he's supposed to be there an hour ago, but he's not. But he was. But for an hour they were driving to the gym and there was like no service. Yeah. So, yeah, I was freaking right. out. I was like, how long do I wait? Yeah, because I didn't want to look crazy. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to embarrass him if I'm, like, calling, calling the gym. gym. But, like, right. I didn't. I was like, so what is, like, a normal amount of time to, like, not do that? So like, I don't know. A, I just felt so You weird. need a
0: behavior crisis plan that you need to write up with him.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like – I told him because once we were able to talk, I was like, I was about to call, like – um. The fighter he was training with, his name is Willie. I was like, I was about to like call him on Instagram because I didn't know what to do. Like, and he's like, he probably would have been like, he's fine, don't worry. Because he right. like that fighter is like white as fuck from Washington State he he lives there like he he speaks full oh, wow. tie um oh, wow. he started fighting there he's like it's he's very known but i was like he's probably gonna be like oh he's fine don't worry because he's right, exactly. like, he, he fucking the lives there now but yeah. <laughs> i'm like no he's not fine but he is he's there he's totally fine he's enjoying it so whatever <laughs> all good yeah he's no good. no amber alert sent so we're good no no <laughs> <laughs> Oh my
0: god. Um, okay, so my my EO actually is that I'm alone right now. I'm podcasting alone. So this is actually pretty rare. Ooh. Usually I'm podcasting with the full house. Um, even yeah. at this time, usually like my mother in law is here with my son and my husband, but he's at work and she took my son to her house, so I'm alone. So it's like a big EO just to talk as candidly as possible, especially about this topic because yes. I mean it's just <laughs> We'll, we'll get into it but sometimes you just don't want to talk about it in front of like your loved ones yeah. but yeah for for the, for the podcast and for all of the strangers like I don't mind talking about it with you guys so yeah <laughs> which is so weird because I think about that too with like the social media like I'll post stuff like for like all of the strangers on the internet but like I don't want my mother-in-law to be watching my stuff it's so weird Oh and she really? D- and she, yeah, it's weird. And she does like she, I'll like catch her like watching my stories in front of me. I'm like, this is really awkward. Can you not watch yeah. this right now? So yeah, I get yeah that. It, it's it's really awkward. But it's a big EO that I'm alone. I'm like waiting for my son to pop through the door though, because I talked to my mother in law like an hour ago. So we'll see how long she keeps him. But that's a big EO for me right now. Um, and then my AO my goodness so this happened yesterday I'm, a, I'm not gonna go too much into detail but we'll see <laughs> basically <laughs> basically yesterday I had a really long phone call um, with the mom and she called me with a lot of concerns that she was having with her son and you know talking about the other services he's he also has and we were just talking about collaboration and it was a pretty normal conversation. Until we got into the topic of the RBT, which we also call them a behavior specialist, the term that we use. And um, she was telling me, so this client that I'm talking about, he is pure telehealth. So um, all of his sessions are done through like Zoom. She was telling me that this guy, this RBT, will text her last minute and cancel like the session was supposed to happen 15, 20 minutes ago. And she will text her like, hey, I, I don't feel well. session is going to be canceled. Or she'll have to like text him like, hey, can you send the link for session? I d- didn't get the link. So she, he just was not professional. So she told me it happened multiple times where he would cancel sh- sessions. And it would be last minute. It would be unproduc- unprofessional. He'd be like, oh, my bad. I'm not feeling well. <laughs> like super unprofessional. So I go into... Uh, Central Reach is the program, the platform that we use for everything. I go into Central Reach and I see that this specialist has been converting sessions like it already happened. So he cancels the session and then he he renders it or converts it as we call it on, on Central Reach as if it happened. And then I look on the data, and he's ta- he's taking fake data because there's data. For those days that he's canceling, so he's just plugging in random stuff on the data I sheet, can't. and he's billing for it. So this is fraud. This is illegal. This is like, I like totally wrong. It's it's an, obviously unethical, but not just that. It's illegal. Like we can get in major trouble for this. So that is a major AO for like. don't know just for my hope for the field it's so hard right right now like we are suffering from a shortage of staff and from rbt's and i hear that from a lot of different agency owners and recruiters that we just don't have the staff to fill cases and i see that with the people that we're hiring are not people that are in it for the right reason um they're in it maybe for the flexibility of it, or they're in it for the paycheck. And when you are in this field for those reasons, it's so easy to become unethical. It's so easy to just, maybe I went to session, who cares, let's just bill it, the, the insurance pays for it, who, why does it matter, I'm not hurting anybody, or um, they're not really understanding the severity of accurate data collection. Because it's no big deal to them. They don't understand. They don't have that same um, value as we do. Like, this is my passion. I love ABA. Like, accurate data collection is everything to this field. So this is like, I don't, it's hard to deal with because we have a shortage. We have so many clients. We need a service. But the staff that we're hiring is not it. Like, we need to hire more equipped and just higher quality staff but they're just it's they're not out there we're like major shortage of it so right we can go into our (laughs) we're gonna talk our controversial statement is that um the field in itself we have way too much autonomy in the field of aba
1: right i think especially as rbt's because i was telling alex Mm -hmm. she was texting me last night when this happened and i was like We were both just dying over it.
0: I was was like shaking.
1: I was thinking because like I use Central Reach too. And like when you do telehealth sessions through Central Reach, you don't need a parent signature to convert. So that is crazy. But then also like the client I have in the morning right now, like I go to his camp. I don't see his parents at all because they drop him off before I get there and I leave before – He's picked up, and those camp counselors don't know my schedule because my I don't go every day at the same time, depending on the camp's activities, and I don't confirm that with the counselors because it's not their business when and why I'm mm-hmm. there. It's more exactly. the business, like the business of my caregivers. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I'm open with them once I'm there because I want to pair with them too. I don't want them to think I'm just like coming in like a Nazi trying to tell everybody right. what to do. But but um, I've thought about it. We're like I don't do this obviously because I'm not an unethical RBT. But it would be so easy for me to just be an hour late or leave an hour early or like leave 30 minutes earlier, just not even show up and be like, oh no, I was there. Maybe they just didn't notice, you know? Like, and it's like, I wouldn't do that, but I've thought about that where I'm like, this is crazy. Like, I'm really here at this camp all day long with no boss, with nobody here to like account for me. Like, that is fucking wild. Yeah. So it's just crazy that, like, I never thought of it that much until this one case because like even at home sessions, like the parents are there. So I feel like that's why I felt a little bit more like watched. but I'm like, damn, like in schools and camps, like you must really just feel like, what the fuck does it matter? You know, like you just don't have anyone to hold you accountable. And I think behaviorally as like, if you just look at behavior in itself, like where if you're like rule governed which most humans kind of are like we have this like naturalistic way to be pretty rule governed most of the time especially in a work setting if there's no like hierarchy around or there's nobody there to tell you what to do what the fuck do you do like you know it's it's crazy so i don't yeah, there's I don't
0: there's no easy. micromanagement which is like i think it's a good thing cuz i've worked i've worked at like staples or um oh, yeah My- Craft. So I've worked like the little retail jobs where it's micromanaged like a motherfucker. Like they're oh counting God, how yeah. many customers are coming in the building and making sure each customer has like a five dollar sale or some you know whatever that yeah is. But that's awful, for yeah. that's awful. But our field there's no micromanagement. There's a lot of independence, a lot of integrity is involved. Like you need to have integrity in this field because you just don't have those coworkers to hold you accountable. And you don't have your supervisor all the time to hold you accountable. And I also see this with like changing session times. It happens so much where I'm trying to supervise a session and they're like, oh, we we had the session this morning. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But you need to let me know ahead of time. But 100%. because there's there's no management there, like clocking you in or clocking you out. People think they can just change it however they want to change it and bill it for a different time. So let's say session happened at 12 to 2, but they're billing it for from 5.30 to 7.30. Like, that's still fraud. You still are not supposed to yeah. do that. You're not supposed no, to bill no. at a time that it did not happen. So people, you know, especially RBTs, need to realize you need to contact scheduling and whoever's on that clinical team, whatever those changes are. Cause even if you're still in that two hours, like same session duration, it's still billing fraud if you're not billing at the exact time it happened or this yeah. the setting, like if the session's supposed to be at home and you're over at Knott's Berry farm or wherever the fuck you're at, like those things yeah. need to be documented and you need to have a clinical purpose there. So there there's right. so much there's so much gray area in our field and it's like I I appreciate the autonomy, I appreciate the independence, but not everybody has the skill set to adhere to those roles without someone like telling them those roles every single day or holding them accountable.
1: So yeah, I and I've been thinking like I feel like maybe it's just because like like, I, I also hate how BC ABAs are kind of being pushed out because mm-hmm. it's like uh, to be an RBT, you know, you just need a high school diploma. That's all you right. need. Um, I don't think that that should be it, to be honest, because at this point, mm-hmm. I feel like what's happening is we are getting a lot of younger people or people that even if they're not younger, they just they have a minimal like requirement yeah. to become an RBT they mm-hmm. do it because it's like, oh, it's better than, you know, making under minimum wage as a server or working these retail jobs where someone's gonna be up my ass all day and I'm making minimum wage or less or whatever the fuck the problem is. So they like get this job, but then there's no like what you're saying, like this person clearly did not, it doesn't even understand the importance of data. Like, but once you start progressing in the field in education and like you realize how important data actually is. And to fuck with data like that, I feel like that's worse than the cancellations. Like, if you're going right. to fucking fraud, do fraud on the billing, that's one thing. But now yeah. you're fucking with my data. Like, i that's personal to me. Like, don't it's fucking personal. touch my data. Like, absolutely yeah. not. Um, and I, I do like how we have this hierarchy in our field of RBTs, BCABAs, BCBAs, but I think a big problem is that our BCABAs are getting pushed out, so it's like our BCBAs are spread so thin, where it's like maybe we could have more supervision, we could have more, you know, management going on with our RBTs if our BCABAs were still able to get jobs, but they're not. And that's not fair because insurance doesn't want to pay them because why pay them when I can just pay an RBT half the amount? Um, Because we can basically do the same things, especially if you're an RBT and you're in grad school collecting hours. Like I've done everything a BCABA does because I can, because I'm collecting hours and I'm allowed to. I do it for half the fucking rate because I have to, because I'm an RBT and I'm not a BCABA, but I do the things that they do. So it's like – I get where – that's another reason why, like, our just our field needs to get away from insurance. But I just th- – this is not going to get fixed unless we just fix it. And I feel like we have to keep talking about it to be able to fix it because there's nothing else we can do. Because at this point, we just have so much control over us with insurance. Um, yeah. And – eventually there's just going to be none of us because like, I don't know how SLPs do it because SLPs do everything. My cousin told me I provide, I direct services. I create a treatment plan. I talk to the parents. I do parent training. I do all these things that she does it all by herself. And she only gets paid hourly. And I'm like, what? Like, absolutely not. Like I would not fucking do that. I could not get paid enough to do it all. Deal with insurance, deal with the parents, deal with the client, deal with other stakeholders, do the treatment plan, do the whatever assessments, then provide services, then collect like what? Like that is just insane to me. So I do like that we have different positions to do different jobs, but it's just not working out. And I, I I see it all over my Instagram. Like people are not happy. Like people are not happy. People are over it. People are quitting. I'm quitting. Like I'm not even saying it anymore. Like, I'm one Great. of them. I'm like, this is not what I wanted to do. They want to have to fight with insurance to be able to have a paycheck. That's fucking stupid. Like I have a master's degree. I shouldn't have to wait seven months because insurance needs to approve me. Like, fuck you. I can make money doing way more, more things. People don't know that. And I think the more people know that and the more people leave, that's how change is going to happen, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I, I really think the pandemic showed a lot of people their own worth because yeah. they were able to kind of sustain themselves because a lot of our jobs were shut down. You were pulled off cases. You were limited hours. So obviously... What comes from that is people able to sustain themselves through other means and finding other jobs that maybe they're not having to deal with all this all this bullshit from insurance. So it really did show a lot of the um, the problems that we have, and now just getting people to come back on board has been such an issue. And it's it's gonna like I feel like the empire is gonna fall down soon because we are there's so many cracks and so many like fractures in the field there's no way that we can keep sustaining the way we are doing it right now something has to give people are not happy and with the billing fraud and you know just with the lack of support the lack of supervision it's just all going to come crumbling down um one day so i guess just be prepared for it all guys
1: (laughs) yeah not to sound like doomsday but i i think it may happen and I I think people need to become more just go on the BACB website. There's literally like 13 subdivisions of where you can receive supervision. Thirteen. Like it it might even be more or a little bit less, but it's a lot. Like there's health and fitness, there's nutrition, there's substance abuse, there's classroom management, which is not limited to special education. It's actually if you're just right. a fucking teacher at all, maybe even a professor in college, um, there's ASD, there's other developmental disorders that are on there. There's mental health. Like, there is literally so many things that if you actually just educate yourself, like, don't worry about the crash because you'll still have a fucking job. Like, it's not Absolutely. a big deal, especially once you're Absolutely. credentialed as a BCBA. Like, all you can go anywhere, you'll just have to. Get supervision too. Like, I plan to have somebody supervise me with like ABA in the classroom because even though I've been a teacher, I haven't gotten direct supervision as a BCBA or an RBT in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I want to do that so that when I provide supervision myself remotely, I know that I'm doing that ethically with the research exactly. and the hours that I needed to do that. I'll do my CEUs in that too. But like, so if you did most of your hours in ASD and now you're like, fuck, I'm stuck here. No, you're not. Like, you are not stuck there. Like, do not worry. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you can do CEUs. You can get a supervisor yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not a big deal. So, but I feel like we need to just educate ourselves because I didn't know that. I didn't know that until I was almost done with grad school. So.
0: Yep. Exactly. Uh, We can go into our our topic today so we said it's okay. going to be spicy so we are going to talk about the behaviors of the sex industry and yeah. we, maybe we'll get into fetishes who knows but right maybe w- a little <laughs> <laughs> We'll we'll see where this conversation goes so um ashley actually brought this topic to me she's like i really what you're listening to a podcast right it was like a OnlyFans girl
1: obsessed with porn stars i'm gonna say it right now <laughs> i'm my boyfriend's like, why do you know so much about porn stars? You know more about porn stars than men do. I'm like, because I actually listen to them talk. I don't just watch them fuck. That's why. <laughs> I am obsessed. So I, yes. Like, I, I listen to this podcast. It's called Dumb Blonde. Her name is Bunny. I don't know what the fuck her real name is. It's not that. But she is just like, she was a sex worker. Um, She was a prostitute. Um, I don't know if that's the correct terminology, but she calls herself a hoe. So I'm like, I feel like it's okay that I say so prostitute. She's a hoe. Like she's- <laughs> Yeah, now she does OnlyFans. She's never I don't think she's ever done like actual like porn like on a set um mm-hmm. but like i love her podcast she just talks about like coming from the struggle like she's from vegas had a rough past um, and <laughs> she, like, I- she talks about coming i'm like wait what oh she does <laughs> that too yeah but, but um and she just has like a bunch of different people on her podcast like from all walks of life but a lot of porn stars come on there obviously because that's who she knows and i'm right. just like holy shit like these bitches know how to fucking hustle like, I, like yeah. i'm like i'm not saying all of them i'm sure they're, you know like whatever in every field there's fucking dumbasses and there's weirdos and there's people that are doing things for the wrong reason of but course. some of these bitches build empires on this shit and i'm just like yeah. i'm obsessed with it and the autonomy that comes with it now from like just 10 years ago like nobody was in porn on their own these people are making all of their own profit um right. and i feel like it's just so much easier and easily accept like accept accessible but also Mm -hmm. acceptable in society Mm -hmm. to do it that it's just like you see this like influx of so many men and women or non-binary transgender whatever like everybody is getting into porn and I'm just like what's going on like am I doing the wrong thing maybe I could pay my student loans off I don't (laughs) know like it's just crazy The rise of OnlyFans
0: during the pandemic was incredible. Like, it was – I I heard the statistic, but it was crazy. Um, So, yeah, when Ashley brought this to me – So, when I was 23, I was introduced to this girl who was a stripper. And she she was making money dancing. And um, that's all – As far as I knew, she was making money dancing. And when I first met her, we would, you know, hang out – and the first time she introduced me to the life of having sugar, sugar daddies. So she was like, hey, do you want to go hang out with this guy with me? And I was like, I, I guess like so stupid, like very dangerous. Like, yeah, I guess it's going to be on a yeah, boat. Sure.
1: Sure. Oh, yeah, let's go.
0: I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll go. And she's like, OK. And like she told me like from the get, like, all right, we need to like send our location to someone that we know just in case. Um, but we're going to go on this yacht. Oh, yeah. and we're going to just hang, hang out with these guys. I'm like, okay, whatever. And we literally show up to this yacht and it was like old men and we're just drinking and hanging out. It was nothing nasty, like nothing crazy. We're just hanging out, drinking, dancing, whatever. We leave and he gives us each like $1,500.
1: Shit, let's and go. I'll, let's go, out Yes, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I
0: was just yeah. I was blown away at how easy it was to make money. Um, but I, I think that's like the grooming process because oh, yeah. as you hang out with these guys, they expect more and more from you. So 100%. I think that's that's part of the behavioral of it of being like habituated to the scene which happens mm-hmm. with a lot of these girls, they get introduced to it. They do like a, they go to a party they, I wasn't even expected to get paid that first time. It was right. just like, Hey, do you want to come? Do you want to hang out with these guys? It's on a boat, whatever. And, and it was easy $1,500. But then as you continue hanging out with these guys, they expect less clothes or more of this, more of that. And so that is when you kind of like, do you really want to be part of the sex industry? Right it, it was a wild fucking ride when I was in my early twenties. Um so I when I when I met this girl, like I had I was working at a pizza place, like I've said a million times, and I was working at the gym and I was making like eight dollars an hour and I would come out to LA to party with her and then she would take me out on these like dates. And it was always with me and her, like I would never go alone. Um right. and it it went from like going out on dates to working at like being like special, special guest at, at bars, getting paid uh-huh. that way into like working at like titty bars, basically. So to, a new like topless bars. And it was just like right. a slow introduction to the scene and it was paired with alcohol. It was paired with drugs. It was paired with fun. So it, it felt fun and it felt like the easiest fucking way to make money. Um, I, I, When she first, like, introduced me to this, she was like, this is going to ruin money. This is going to ruin the concept of money for you for life. Like, you're never going to think about the value of money the same because the next time you want to go work for $8 an hour job, you're going to think, well, I can just go hang out with these guys and shake my ass and make $1,000. And it really, it was that, um, the matching wall of it, of like, I can go do this and I can go have fun. And I can go, you know, drink and party and all of this stuff and make money so easily. Um, But I will say I did like it was like six months in. I did move out. I moved out to L.A. So I was actually living with her for a while. Um, But I did end up getting like a bartending job. I just couldn't do it full time. Like she was full time hustling, full time hustling. She had multiple sugar daddies. Um, She was working at bars, working at strip clubs like this was her full-time gig. Uh, Even like in being invited to like Hawaii and getting paid for it, like things like that, Mm -hmm. like getting invited to different places and just being paid to be there um, just to be pretty and sit pretty and be next to in the bottle service and the clubs and things like that. I I personally couldn't do it because it really does take a toll on your self-esteem. You're constantly, your whole value of who you are is based on how you look. There's, they don't care if you're smart. Like, th- these guys that are paying you, they don't give a fuck what you have to say. They don't give a fuck about what you value, what your goals are, what your ambitions are. All they want you right. to do is shake your ass. Like, that's all they want from you. So, like, that really took a toll on me because I knew my value is my my mind way more than my looks. Right, right. Some of, some of these girls are drop-dead gorgeous. Like, I sent to her Instagram. She's fucking yeah. beautiful. Yes, she's beautiful. Like that's her, like for her, like her whole value is her looks. And she made it about all of her looks. Unfortunately, looks are fleeting. You're not going to be young. You're not going to be beautiful forever. That's only going to last maybe 10, 15 years if you're lucky. So that's why, like for me, I was only able to like, live that lifestyle for a little bit and like half-ass live it for a little bit because I it just really took a toll on my self-esteem. A lot of the girls that I hung out with end up getting plastic surgery. They got the BBL. They got the boobs. They got the lips. Um, I just couldn't – I could not keep up with the Kardashians. Like that just – No. It it didn't – it wasn't me. And I just knew that from the bottom of my heart that I had so much more value to give um, that's not the way I look. Like that isn't the most valuable thing about me. And a lot of these guys are so um, like harsh about it. Like, oh, you have small tits, or like, oh, your your face is a seven. Like, just being so harsh um, about you. How about to your you're
1: face. fucking seventy four and you had to pay for me to look at you? How about right,
0: that? right,
1: right, right. Exactly. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> but that's what they do. They they like yeah. to treat these girls like a toy or like an object. So. The thing is, money can be made in that industry because I've seen it and I've lived it. But are you? Can you sleep at night? Are you? How do you feel right. at night? Are you happy with that? Um, would you be okay with your family seeing you like that? And that was another big thing. There was like a right. lot of um, like not, I guess, rumors. Not really because yeah. they were like real. <laughs> like, it was, like I was out here. Like. <laughs> no, they they got to them. And uh, I would deny, deny, deny because I was embarrassed. Like, I didn't want to say, yeah, I'm working at the fucking titty bar. Like, I didn't want to say that. But it was a lot of people talking down on me and like, oh, like, that's not a real job. And that did get to me. So that's another reason why I, like, couldn't live the lifestyle that long. It just wasn't – it just didn't feel good at night. And, like, I was literally drunk for, like, a whole year straight because you can't do those things sober. You can't do those things sober. There's there's no, no way you really
1: can't no. You cannot and, you know, it's like- I um someone tried to recruit me into dancing because I when I was a manager at this massage envy, my co-manager with me, she was a dancer. She was trying to get out of that life, that's why she got the job, but like she would still do mm-hmm. it. And yeah. she kept like trying to get ink. me to like do it with her.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: especially cause here, like I, I'm like a commodity cause I look different than bitches here. Right. Like if I got, if I started dancing, like she would tell me all the time, like, bitch, you're going to go out of there with like fucking stacks because I'm white. Like I'm a white girl. Like that people don't have that here. You have not that black and Hispanic women are not fucking beautiful. They are. Are you kidding me? It's like just I would different. die yeah. to have the curves that y'all have, but it's like, I am different. Exactly. So it would be like exotic, which sounds dumb right. because I'm not exotic. Like they are, but like here right. I am. Um, right. and that was the thing that held me back most of the time. Well, one, I was actually with Anthony at that time. He knew that I was trying to get, like, he knew that she would try to recruit me. I would tell him. So it's not like a surprise, but one, right. I was in a relationship. So I was like, absolutely not bitch. But so was she like, that's just that life though. Like when you live yep, that life, like sometimes you will have her fucking man was a drug dealer and whatever. Yeah. It's the whole but, life. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that wasn't the life I was in. Like I was like, "What the right. fuck? Like I cannot be a fucking stripper," and my man is literally like in the military. Like I would like be a joke. Like Are you kidding me? Right. So, but anyway, that plus I already had education under my belt. I was like, I have a bachelor's degree. Like I'm not going to be like out here in a strip club. Like there's no fucking way. exactly. And exactly. then also like it was that where I'm like, I don't even drink. Like I can't do that sober. No, but you not She would yeah. always try to like rebuttal every excuse I would give her. Like mm-hmm. every time and. One one of the main ones was like she would um a lot of the times go to Orlando to dance there but for the reason that she wanted me to dance here because she was like over there everybody's white so when i go there i'm tatted i'm mexican and like i'm fucking right. hot like i go in there and i make fucking money because there's a bunch of white girls there so right. she was like let's go to th- let's go there and then we can dance there and she even offered to give me like some of her money that she made because she was like if we go like together see that like that's and it's so pedigree. crazy no that's it's like what is that, girl- that?
0: It's the, it's like misery loves company. Like the girl that I'm talking yeah. about and I wanted to have her on the podcast. I don't know. I haven't talked to her in years. She like bribed. It was me and my, my other roommate, my first roommate, I lived with her. And then I lived with the other girl. She like bribed us, like pulled us into this lifestyle. Cause it's like, they want company in the lifestyle. Cause misery loves company. And that's the thing that I really found insightful when I was in this lifestyle, um, People are not happy. They're they're really not happy. They may look oh, happy on Instagram. They so may sad. look like they're they're looking like they're on these private planes, they're on yachts, they're they're vacationing, like in all these exotic places, but you're really not happy because you're constantly mm-hmm. being judged. You, you don't have a real purpose in life. Um, you're always right. hungover or you're always drunk. Like yeah. No man takes you seriously. No boyfriend will take right. you seriously. So it's like you're really not happy. And I, and I found that when I was, you know, in that, and I think that's why people want to pull you in that lifestyle because misery loves company and they want to make justify their own behaviors by saying, Hey, you do it too. You're a normal person. You come do this too. And, and when I got my, um, my first bartending job, like just like a regular bar, not like a titty bar. And I told, um, this girl and the sugar daddy, the one with the yacht, I was like, Oh, I can't hang out tonight. I'm going to go work a shift. They were like making fun of me like, oh, you're going to go work a regular job, like putting me down to want to work a regular job and want to have like a normal, normal life with normal people in my life and not all these, you know, fake, fake bitches in my life, basically. And it's like they put you down when you want to better yourself. Like I invited her to my graduation, my college graduation. She didn't show. But if it was, hey, girl, I want to go out and party like it was. Yeah, let's go. So it's just like those things they don't want to celebrate with you. And I, I really do think it's. People are just not happy. Like even even the guys that are paying for the girls, like they're not happy either. Like how can you be happy when you have to pay for young girls to party with you or to hang out with you like that? That's a miserable lifestyle. So I really think that is why people like the girl that you speak of and the girl that I'm speaking of are like pulling people to do this with them to kind of justify the behaviors and be like, hey, it's normal. It's a normal thing to do. Um, but with that being said you can make a whole fucking lot of money like when she told me that you can make a lot of money like you can go in work a night and come with you know sixteen hundred dollars it's 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 crazy and it really is like it does skew your concept of money but you have to really think outside of more than the money because all the money that I made I didn't save it I just went I was in Miami. I was in Vegas. Like I was just right. partying, you know. It wasn't like I did anything productive with it. I was 23. So those are the, the things like if I was smarter about it, maybe I could have invested and, you know, got out of that lifestyle with different intentions instead of right. just going and working a regular job or whatever. But that wasn't on my mind. I was just worrying about partying. So it just think right. it, it's, it's such a – it was such a crazy – I feel like I had so many crazy – life experiences and I had let like lived so many different lives, but I wouldn't change any for the, like any of it because it really did like right. make me who I am today. So I appreciate all those experiences, but it it was really insightful to know that the beautiful people that does not equate happiness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think the main function of it all from all different perspectives is always mm-hmm. um, access because these men yeah. are engaging in these behaviors to access the women the mm-hmm. or, or the men because men work in sex yeah. work too. Or yeah, the people do. that are the sex workers are doing these behaviors to access tangibles of money mm-hmm. or even some people who do it just because they're like, you know what, I'm going to pay off my student debt by being a fucking stripper. I don't give a fuck. You're right. accessing money to you know, pay off debt to lose the debt that yeah. you got into. So I really, like, think it always comes back to access. Like, yeah. W- and then I think when you're talking about, because, I like, s- some people do it because of all this, like, um, insecurity and all this. But, I, like, mm-hmm. I have, like, a very controversial perspective on prostitution. Like, I genuinely don't think it should be illegal. And I, I feel like that's crazy. Like, people are probably going to be like, what? No way. And she says she's conservative right. from the South. Like, that's wild. But the right. reason I think that is because, I think if there if it was legal and there was where, like it is in some places like you can go to like the bunny ranch like all the like there's little places um that you can go to like there people are I love how you know all this <laughs> I know all of this I am a, like I am fascinated by the sex industry because I genuinely think if it was done correctly most of the time it wouldn't be as detrimental as it is and there wouldn't be the stigma around it because I genuinely think if you're an adult like you are a full adult and you, you – can make that decision. Want to have sex with somebody. Mm-hmm. Mo- I think it's more fucked up that y'all go to a bar, fucking manipulate the fuck out of each other for like three hours, drink together, act like you want to fucking get to know each other. I don't know. I've never had a one-night stand. I've been with two people in my whole life, which is like ridiculous, but whatever. Wow. Like, um, yeah, I'm like, I know. That's why Crazy. I think this perspective is very weird. <laughs> I'm just too emotional. I Like I cannot, I cannot get turned on if I don't like – like you well i think also because you don't,
0: don't you don't drink, drink.
1: right, right. That's no 100 <laughs> that probably is because genuinely like i could think somebody's attractive but to like feel sexually charged like i need to know right. what your brain is like like what are you thinking about what are your goals yeah. what are your aspirations like i get turned on by that but um i think like if you're an adult and you want to have sex I think it's safer if you pay for it. Right. And it's like more ethical. Like, you just spent a fucking hour talking to this girl. And most of the time, this is what it is. So I don't even want anybody coming for me. This guy goes to the bar. He walks up to this girl. Oh, you're so pretty. Oh, you're mm-hmm. that. Oh, you're this. I could see you with this. I could see you doing that. Blah, blah, blah. For fucking hours, this bitch gets mm-hmm. drunk. They go back to his place. And then he's like, oh, an Uber's here. And the motherfucker probably lasted five minutes. Like, that's not cool. <laughs> like, that's fucking stupid. But then if you're like two consenting adults and I'm going to pay you for services and then you're going to render those services, and we know that we don't have any fucking STDs. We're doing right. this legit. Like nobody's fucking crying at the end of the night because they haven't gotten fucking called back. Like all this stupid shit wouldn't be a problem. But I feel like yeah. there's just such this negative stigma on prostitution that people are like that's fucking disgusting. Like, no, it's not. I mean, there, it can be. It can be fucking like shady as fuck. But I think a lot of times like wh- who am I to judge two grown people making a decision to To do something like that, I don't think that that's like judgeable. No, I I I, I agree.
0: I do think it should be legalized so we can it can be more like the policymakers, like you said, like the STDs can be tracked, and you're right. Just much more regulations, which you know, I'm 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 like pros and cons for regulations, but I do think it should be legalized because there are there are two consenting adults. Um, and access. I also do think attention is a big function for sex work because, um you know the the other thing that i was very enlightening to me is a lot of these girls have major daddy issues and it's like the editors complex thing like you if you don't have if you don't have a father figure um if you don't have a guy that's shown you how a guy should treat a woman you are constantly searching for that and when you get that little bit of attention a little bit of admiration because you know these guys will Talk all this shit in your ear because they want you to do whatever. They want to manipulate you. They want to. Mm-hmm. They want you to be like you know their little showgirl. So once you get that little admiration, that it switches like a light because you didn't get that. Your you don't get that from your dad from your actual dad. So you're looking for a daddy, and this is what happens. You get sugar daddies oh, yeah. and you get sugar babies. So I really do think attention is a big one, and yeah. the attention is way more valuable. There is a very strong EO for women that don't have fathers in their lives. And that was me. And that was the girl that I speak of and the other girls and all the other girls that I know of. Like none of us had strong father figures in our life. And if I did, I probably wouldn't have gone down that route at all because you just know like, no, this is not how a man should be treating a woman. And this is not how I should be representing myself. So I really think that is a big issue is the attention and trying to get the attention from the from wrong ways.
1: Yeah, I think so too. That's a great like perspective. I didn't even think of that. Mm-hmm. Like I, my dad has always been in my life. I don't think that we have like the closest relationship. I do have a lot of like underlying issues with a lot of things that like happened in my childhood. But I will say that like I had a dad that like always showed up. Like, if I in had a cheer present, competition, yeah. my dad mm-hmm. was there. Like, my dad was there mm-hmm. in his work uniform because he came from work and had to go back to work. Like, he coached all my brother's, like, uh, teams that he was on. Like, mm-hmm. we might have been poor, but, like, my dad he did three things in my life. Like, he showed up to fucking work. If he didn't go to work, I thought he was dying. He was there <laughs> for important things. And – um he just never let me think I couldn't do something I wanted to do. Like he always told right. me I could do whatever I want. So I feel like that is important. Like maybe I'm not a daddy's girl. Like for sh- I'm definitely not like there's a right. million ways that I like want to choke my dad out sometimes, but like my dad was there <laughs> and that. so was my yeah. brother. My brother was the same way. I was extremely yep. close with my brother. I would, that's if anything, more than anything, I would be, Mortified. I remember right one time when I was like, it was in college already. I was like doing my associate's degree. My brother was on Pinterest and like some fucking picture, you know, sometimes like sex, remember when Tumblr was crazy and like sex pictures yeah. would come up. So he was like on Pinterest or Tumblr. It was like one of those things. And it was like this girl with like, um she looked like me. I'm not even going to lie. Like it was like my, mm-hmm. it wasn't, you didn't see her face. But Mm -hmm. she was, like, pale with long black hair and she was getting fucked, like, doggy style. But, like, with her hands behind her back, tied behind her back. Now, I'm not a prude. I can get down. But that wasn't me. But it looked like me. (laughs) Like, I'm telling you, he, like, came to me and was like, what the fuck is this? Because he thought it was me. And I was, like, looking at it and I was like, is that me? Like (laughs) I was like, like, I'm scared. But I was like, I've never done pictures before. Like, I would have been, like, somebody (laughs) – like you know, I would like, have <laughs> Yeah, and I actually like I'd never done anything like that crazy before, of, like my man now. But I was just like, I was like, what oh, the I felt like it looked I love, so much I like that's me. crazy, Ashley. <laughs> well, I mean, it would have been then for me. Like that would have back then been like wild for me because like I was with the person I was with at that point was like the person that took my virginity. Like I was like I wasn't doing right. shit. I was just like. I thought I was cool. Yeah, so you know, I was like yeah. 21 already, by the way. So, but I was still a loser. Oh my 20, goodness. However old I was, like probably 19, 20. But anyway, like that, I got so embarrassed and it wasn't even me. So, like, that is right. another thing where I'm like, oh my God, if my brother ever saw me in a way, because like my brother worships me.
0: Right. Um, and I,
1: I've always known that. And like, even my boyfriend told me that because I met him, my boyfriend, through my brother. And he was like, oh, my brother that. told me that you were like, like Mary like that you were like untouchable and like to not like I knew when I wanted to talk to you that like you were a wife like that was it like your brother painted the picture of you of being like perfection so like I feel like that is like I've had that too where like maybe I didn't get that from my dad but I did Mm -hmm. have that from my brother Um, so I don't yeah I think that is what it is because that's another thing where I was like this bitch is going to have me on a poll I'm going to be on fucking Twitter and my brother's going to go on Twitter and he's going to see my vagina and I'm going to die like I'm literally going to die so because in Florida, that's like full nude. So that would have been wild. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's such a good point because, yeah, I mean, a lot of us women like me, like we didn't have anybody holding us to any standards. So you, right. those standards that you create for yourself are often skewed because right. you think you're less than, you think your value was less than or you're less worthy because no one else is telling you that you have worth. So I, I mean, I mean, on top of that, I was very easily... Um, like impressionable like i i was telling right. you i would have joined scientology if the oh people were around <laughs> me like i would have joined a right. cult like that's how impressionable i, I was as a young a, a young adult even right. a teenager i was easily peer pressured into anything that's why i was doing drugs at 16 and drinking right, at right. 16 and i lost my virginity at 15 all these things cuz i was so easily impressionable and i was so easily right. manipulated and peer pressured cuz i did not have anyone giving me those standards and when you create your own standards they're not going to be high I mean unless you're like a pure narcissist like you're going to think you're less than you have less worth so that's why you kind of do those things and it is attention because you do you fit in and you have a a crowd of people that hang out with you want to be around you and once you get a little taste of that like you take it because you want more of that so Mm -hmm. it's like it's it's that too if you don't have um a good Structure around you or a good support system. You're gonna lean on anything. You're gonna try to find any little little crumb, little crumb of anything, and you're gonna try to lean on it because that's gonna be your new identity because you don't have one for yourself yet. So I really think like you know the moral of this is for the future generations is giving your children as much support and as much value and knowing that you love them no matter what. But this is what you kind of think about them, you, you expect of them the most because you think that they're better than with how they think they are of themselves. So I think yeah. all those things is so powerful and we have to tell the future generation. I mean, if we do that, there's not going to be any more OnlyFans. <laughs> I don't know. Right, I feel sorry like if you're, <laughs> I know, if you're in the sex industry, I just really don't know. Um, I haven't personally, I haven't met anybody that comes from a good upbringing or a good life. Right. I'd, I'd, I yeah, haven't yeah. met anybody. Everyone that I know has a fucked up upbringing. So I mean, I would be interested to meet the the teacher that raised was raised from a good home and that just needed the extra money. I'd be interested to talking to her. And like, how did she decide to do that? Because um, I had friends that I grew up with that, you know, knew what I was doing, and they would support me, but they would never do it because they had a good support system they had family and they right. were like no I could I could never do that but I'll go with you <laughs> like but whatever yeah. I'll support you like you know what I mean like I don't judge you but I, I could never do it and it's because they've right. had a different upbringing than I did so I think that is like is huge in the decision making part
1: yeah I do too for sure
0: yeah so crazy it's so, it's so it's so crazy I know I went to um like so many parties I've met I like personally danced with Trey Songs before. So, like, it's ah! been a while. Yeah, I it's been I'm like just <laughs> <laughs> He was. He's, I'm kidding. He's crazy. He like- he's no. He had all like 30 bitches just naked in the pool. Like, he is a, like a crazy. He's a celebrity. And that's how they think they're God. Like, they think oh, that yeah. they can have whoever they want. And they did. I mean, they do. These yeah, guys they do. do. They do. So they can believe in and they can live it. Uh, I mean, it was a crazy life. It was like my young 20s. And I think I was like 21 to 23. And I really wouldn't change it for the world. But it's not who I am at all anymore. I can never imagine the things that I did. But I think everyone has, you know, crazy life stories. So that's one of mine.
1: That was so boring. Maybe (laughs) I need to give it up don't tell anything no <laughs> I, I appreciate it because now
0: i'm a mom and i'm like yeah i lived as much as i fucking could live in and now i can just be a mom and yeah. be happy
1: yeah that is true fuck am i gonna regret it when i have kids that i didn't like fuck 10 guys i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm totally kidding because i people have asked me that like aren't you gonna don't you think you're gonna regret it and i'm like no because i have like diamonds between my legs actually so i don't know why i have that perspective i probably definitely don't like <laughs> but i just am like i have always thought that i'm like who the fuck thinks that they're gonna get between my legs like absolutely that's not. amazing though i think more women need that
0: mentality though
1: that is like, true like one thousand percent i think maybe i'm a narcissist. <laughs>
0: No, I no, I think we need to have that mentality, like your body's a fucking temple, like that mentality that's just so like cliche, roll your eyes. But right. I think it's it's uh, lacking in today's world. I mean, especially right. with OnlyFans, you can just get an account and you can do whatever on Instagram, it's practically OnlyFans. Oh, for on sure, s- yeah. I'm just like, how is this even on social media? I like I don't understand, but yeah, I mean it's it's kind of a rarity. Most most women are pretty fucking easy. <laughs>
1: Unfortunately, yeah, it's
0: unfortunately.
1: True. But no judgment. So, like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. I just – I don't know why I've always felt like that. It wasn't even a religious thing because I did go to Catholic school, but that wasn't it. Like, so I've never really right. been heavily religious. I just genuinely always thought, like, okay, like, obviously – I don't know if it was like a self-worth thing because like really my mother like definitely like set my self-worth on fire like that was not there Right. but there was just something about sex to me but I again I don't know if it's just because of how emotional I am because I'm just like that like I cannot be sexually attracted to somebody if I don't have a connection because even like with my ex like when I was done with him just treating me like shit for so long like we would barely do it and then he was cheating on me all the time anyway so I was like all right cool like I don't want right. to <laughs> like I hate you yeah. <laughs> like I literally yeah. hate you.
0: I think it does have a lot to do with your relationship with your brother and your dad. I really do. I mean from right. my from my findings, my anecdotal findings, it seems like mm-hmm. a lot of these women just don't have those solid male or like, like right a, a male that's older than them that they can look up to or your brother's younger than you, right?
1: Yeah, he is. But we're only, like, two and a half years apart. We've always – Like, we literally thought we were twins. Like, we're, like, very close. Yeah. Or just a male figure in their life, period, that's
0: not sexually attracted to them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most – a lot of us don't have men in our life that are – in our life because they just love us and the men that are in our life are sexually attracted to us so right. we think like that's the appeal of it all so then that's mm. our whole identity is the sexual attraction part because that's the only way we get attention from men because we don't have right. the, just the, the love of a father the love of a brother the love of an uncle you know? Right, right. So that I so sense. that is, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with the male strippers. I mean, I don't know if their mama didn't love them or what. Yeah, that could be
1: the same I, thing, probably flip, honestly. Yeah,
0: I don't know. But I can tell you from the females and just my anecdotal experience have not done empirical research on this, but I'm interested to know now. But it seems like not having um, a man in your life that is not sexually attracted to you and loves you just just because they your family or because they love you for right. other things is a is like the difference in doing this or not doing this
1: right well that's our <laughs> that's our episode about- the sex industry we could talk more about yeah. it i feel like there's so much more we could talk about if we actually did an outline so if you were interested leave a review or at least dm us something yeah us know. I, <laughs> I know i need to find one of my old ho ass friends and get them on here <laughs> maybe i could get this ho ass bitch that tried to make me a stripper on here i still i have her on instagram like there's no hard feelings but <laughs> she might want to talk about it she is pregnant right now though she's having a baby so i wonder if the life is behind her but <laughs> I don't
0: know. Oh, oh my god i've Met pregnant strippers. <laughs> like, she's
1: not dancing. I checked. <laughs> I went on her Instagram. like, Is this bitch still shaking her ass, but she's not.
0: i like, that's a that's a niche.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, there's pregnant prostitutes at yeah, the Bunny yeah, Ranch. Okay. Yeah, we have to do a part two at the <laughs> Bunny <laughs> Ranch. I love the Bunny Ranch. Okay, part two coming soon. <laughs> I'm dead. We always say that. Well, th- thanks, thanks for listening. Um,
0: please subscribe now wherever you're listening to your podcast. Rate and review.
1: Did we, did we get any reviews? I haven't checked. No. I checked no. earlier we, today. Oh God, so you guys are us? not getting your fucking gift card. No gift card. <laughs> now we're doing punishment. No gift card. I know. <laughs>
0: um, okay, okay. So, yeah. Leave us a review for an <laughs> Apple podcast. And you can send us an email at abaonapod at gmail. Uh, You can send us an Instagram DM at ABA on a pod. And then you can find me personally
1: at Objective Outcomes. And you can find me at Behavior with Ash.
0: And thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.